Hi, and welcome to another Bible study where we're going to be continuing where we started off from last week. And last week I was talking about the fundamentals of our faith and the getting back to the basics. And the reason I, I was talking about it is because having conversations, reading comments on social media, and just generally interacting with people who say they're Christians, it has become clearer to me that our fundamentals are not set, that our foundation isn't, is weak. I think that's the word I would use, that the foundation on which many of us have come into Christianity and have built our Christian walk, that foundation is weak. And that the ideal for every believer is that when they come to know Jesus, when they come into the body of Christ, when they give their life to Christ and become born again, that they are guided through the foundations of their faith and the foundations of their walk with God. And our foundational scripture is taking from 2 Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1 from, it's really verse 5 to 8 and 9, but it's easy to skip through the rest of the scripture. So I will start from verse one and I will read to the points that matters. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours. I'm reading the ESV, by the way, the English Standard Version. To those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I like that verse. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I was actually talking to someone earlier today and we were talking about <laughs> Christianity. I like talking about Christianity. I like talking about the Bible. And I was particularly talking about my issue with the Christianity that is being played out in the African church, especially the African body of Christ, and how there are a lot of prayers that have to do with the enemies of my father's house, where we're praying about deliverance, and we're praying about breaking generational curses, and breaking generational patterns. And I was saying to her um, that I really don't understand. It's not that I don't understand, but I'm frustrated by the African church. The reason being that the, the, the truth that we know that should set us free is truth that we don't know. So let me explain. She sent me um, a video of a lady who was talking about the freedom that we have in Christ. And it was ironic that she sent me that because when I was leading early morning prayers, so when I was leading prayers this morning, I woke up with the Holy Spirit really impressing on my spirit that we should pray about freedom and not pray about it from the place of it is coming, but of, it, of, of the mindset of it is already something that we have, but that we should increase our awareness and that by praying in the spirit, we would increase our awareness. And so when she sent me the video, I laughed because first of all, she sent me a video of someone I particularly like, a Christian influence I particularly like because I, I like the soundness of the gospel that comes out of her mouth. Um, but then I also laughed because I woke up with that um, meant th that thought in my head about freedom of knowing who we are and the scripture that God gave me if I even divert for a moment to the scripture that God gave me when I woke up this morning it was Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 
Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, and it says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. If you read it in any other version, it says, So Christ has truly set us free. This is the New Living Translation. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. And slavery to the law is slavery to a performance-based Christianity. A Christianity that thinks that there are things that I need to do to secure my freedom, to secure my salvation, to secure my righteousness. But the truth is that the Bible is very clear. The English that is spoken in the Bible, especially the English that has been translated for, for us, from the original language that it was written and spoken in, which was in some cases the Greek or the Hebrew, um, it was pretty clear what Christ had done. Christ has set us free. Galatians 3.13 says Christ has redeemed us. The word there redeemed is he has saved us and delivered us. Like he didn't just save us, he delivered us completely. And I was saying to her that it's one of my frustrations when I hear people play, praying deliverance prayers because I don't get it anymore. I used to understand it at some point, but now that I have freedom, now that, now that the truth has set me free, it is a frustrating thing to see. It is quite frustrating to see that believers who should stand in the freedom that they have been given have instead gone back to tie themselves to the works that they need to do to stay free. Like Christ has done the work. He said it is finished, meaning there's nothing outstanding. There's nothing left to do. I've done the complete work. You then have to believe that work. And I said that these are the kind of things that are missing in the foundations of our faith. And so when Apostle Peter is taking, saying in 2 Peter chapter 1, that 2 Peter chapter 1, he's saying there are things that will come to you when you increase in the knowledge, which is why I said I really like that second verse, which is verse two of Second Peter, where it says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Like if you understand who God is, if you understand who Jesus is, if you understand their nature, if you understand their heart towards you, you will experience not just the grace, but you will experience peace. And I was saying to her that I actually live more at peace now than when I used to fight deliverance prayers and warfare prayers. Because when you fight those kind of prayers, you stay in a constant state of fighting. But Jesus already says in Matthew that come unto, come unto me, all you who are weary, that my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Like what I'm giving to you is not something that's supposed to stress you out. But if you are being stressed out by the work that you're trying to do to save yourself and to keep yourself saved, you are picking up a heavy burden. And it's not a burden that Jesus wanted any of us to bear. That's why he bore it for us. He said Christ bore our sicknesses. He bore our disease. He bore everything concerning us. That's Isaiah 53. He bore so much so that we would not have to bear it. He bore things for us so that we would never have to be in that place again. He says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Like the thing that took away our peace, he took it upon himself so that we would experience peace. And I was saying to her how I live more at peace than those who fight these enemy prayers. 
And so that was an aside, but I feel like God needed me to say that tonight and to say that in this Bible study, because it's really important to know what you have in Christ. So the apostle Peter goes on to say his divine power, that's verse three of second Peter chapter one, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature you are now divine you are no longer a sinner you are now a saint having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire for this very reason, and that sinful desire is the desire Eve had for the fruit. That sinful desire, that the corruption that came as a result of sinful desire, when the devil came and told her this fruit tastes nice, this fruit will give you X, Y, and Z. Her desire was sinful. It was contrary to a desire that God had placed inside of her. That is a sinful desire. And it says that there is a corruption that came into the world as a result of when she and the man ate that fruit. Actually, it was the man, but that's not tonight's Bible study. That's a totally different Bible study where nothing happened when Eve ate the fruit but when the man ate the fruit things change for the whole of humanity that's why it says in romans in in the book of romans how through one man sin and death came into another into the world and through another man that's jesus christ redemption came into the world salvation came into the world that's a deliverance from the thing that the first man did but like i said that's not the focus of tonight's bible study so i'll stay on track it says, for this very reason, that's verse 5 of Second Peter chapter 1, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours, that if you have these things, if you have these things I've just listed and are increasing, meaning that you don't just have them in some in a small measure, but that you are continually daily making an effort to grow in them. They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like if you have these qualities, you will be a fruitful person in the body. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. The apostle is saying to us that it is really important that we need to get some fundamentals right. That if we get those fundamentals right, we will not be moving here and there. We will actually be stable Christians. We will be stable believers. And last week, we started to talk about what is does that even mean for us? And we started with the very first quality, which was, he said, to add to your faith, meaning that faith was the very first thing that you needed to have. As a believer, you need to have faith. And faith here is a conviction, a conviction about who God is, a conviction about Jesus Christ, a conviction about the things that God has done concerning us, a conviction about what Christ has given to us, a conviction about the life that a Christian is supposed to live. Those are the convictions that you need to settle in your heart. And you know, as I was meditating about tonight's Bible study, as I was thinking about Bible study, I was thinking, what are the convictions that really need to be cemented in our hearts? 
What are the things that need to be settled? And we mentioned some of them last week. But if we continue even just in that vein, because I want us to settle the things about our faith. What is it that we need to settle in our heart? What is it that needs to become a non-negotiable? What is that non-negotiable for you? One of the non-negotiables is that God is light. The book of John, 1 John. 1 John um, chapter 1, verse 5 says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And you know, many Christians, can I be honest? Many Christians believe that God has darkness in him. Many Christians believe so. Many Christians will say things like, and God was using this sickness to teach me a lesson. I'm like, if there is no darkness in him, but sickness is a darkness, where has that darkness come from? You have to understand who God is. In him is light and in him there is no darkness. If you are experiencing darkness, it did not come from God. And you know, another thing that also, I think, literally puts people in an awkward place is thinking, well, God is sovereign. So that means whatever is happening to me is all God's fault. But the truth is, I just said to you that in Romans, it tells about us about the first Adam who brought sin and corruption into the world. The fact that I sit in this world means that I sit in a realm that is already corrupt. With that corruption comes sickness, disease, infirmity, violence, immorality, and every negative thing you can think of. That is what was introduced into this realm. But because God is love, that is also part of who he, this is who he is. He says, and God is love. If you read First John chapter four, if you read the entire chapter, it's literally talking about God in his nature as love. If you think about who God is in his love, he made a way of escape. That there is corruption in the world. That, that first man has introduced corruption. So everyone that's born through that man's lineage. And that man is the one that his seed is in all of us. When we were born into the world, we were born with that seed. But then we have to make a conscious decision to be adopted into a different lineage. A lineage that does not have darkness. That is the love of God displaying itself. Yes, God is sovereign. But the word of God also says that the highest heavens belong to our God. But the earth he has given to the children of men. Meaning that there are things that happen in this realm that God has no hand in. And we cannot blame him for it. But if you don't know that about God, if you won't open your Bible and know God for yourself, guess what will happen? People will keep telling you that God is sovereign, that mm, let us just accept that this is the will of God. The truth is that the will of God is always good. There is no darkness in him. So if the will that you are seeing has darkness in it, it is not God's will. It is not God's will. God has no darkness in him. First John chapter one, verse five. We need to become settled in this reality and you can't become settled in this reality without opening the scriptures. 
If you don't open the scriptures, you will not know who God is. You will hear God by secondhand information. What your pastor said on Sunday, what your social media influencer told you on Instagram. But the truth is that you need to know God for yourself. You need to know him in an intimate fashion. You need to begin to settle it in your heart. Who is God? God is the creator of all things. Yes. You know, and if you understand that God is the creator of all things, you will know that God and the devil are not mates. God created the devil. He is not his mate. Sometimes we think that God and the devil is a case of equal powers. No. God and the devil are not mates. God created the devil. And if someone is the creator of something, he certainly has a higher authority over that thing. God and the devil are not made. Settle it in your heart once and for all. They don't play in the same league. Like the Bible says that if the, if the devil had known what God's plan was, he would never have killed Jesus. He would never have driven the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious teachers of law to kill Jesus. That's to show you that the wisdom of God and the wisdom of the devil are not even in the same realm. They are not in the same realm. They are not in the same ballpark. They are not even anywhere close to each other. You know, there was a song that I used to hear when I was a child where it talks about Jesus power, superpower, you know, and then he says enemy power, powerless power. Like, they're not on the same realm. And you need to settle these things about God in your heart. But not only do you need to settle these things, these are the things that are the fundamentals of faith. Not only do you need to know about the nature of God, you also need to know about Jesus Christ. You need to know how he spoke so that you can speak like he spoke. Jesus did not use to mince words about the things he was saying. So, you know, uh, someone has been recently someone off and on actually not even recently but over time people send me these links to these different prayer platforms and if you know me by now you know that I don't do prayer platforms I'm not a big fan of them and the reason I'm not a big fan of them is not because they're bad in and of themselves but that they promote a certain type of prayer language that I can't relate to anymore because remember I am now free why do I need to pray to become free? If I am now free, why do I need to pray to become free? There is no need for it. I don't need to pray to become free. And you know, when you hear people talking, they say, well, we need to enforce our freedom. I'm like, I hear you, but do you need to pray and kill people to enforce that freedom? Is it not to take the truth that you know that has set you free and say, this is who I am and stand in that. It's why I can make a declaration and say, I am free in Christ Jesus. And I stand and stay free in Christ Jesus. That's how I enforce the truth that I now know. Not by saying all the enemies of my father's house release me today. I am free. No, I don't even begin to acknowledge them. You don't see Jesus acknowledging demons when he's walking upon the earth. And he says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. 
as Jesus, that's a Bible verse, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. If that's how he related to demons, where they literally were scared of him because they knew that he was not their mate, if they, and they knew the power that he carried, then why do we run from demons? It's because we don't know Jesus. We don't know the power that he has made available to us. And these are the basics. If you don't know these things, you are fodder for the enemy. You are fodder for the lies of the enemy. And, you know, my friend was saying to me earlier on, my friend I was talking to about, you know, my frustration with the African church. And she was saying, gosh, why is it like that? I said, because the enemy has been at this game a long time. Some of us, we're only, what, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. He's been at this for thousands of years. Do you not think he has not mastered his craft? He has mastered his craft and his craft is deception. So he will continue to deceive us so that we'll stay in the yoke of slavery and the yoke of bondage as Galatians 5 verse 1 tells us, but we will not stay in the place of freedom. Like I choose to stay in the place of freedom. I actually put something up on my WhatsApp stories and my friend said that there was something about the way I wrote it that made it hit different for her. So I wrote out that because people were sending me these things from these different player platforms and I was just like, you know what? I think I need to put something out there. Apart from saying to this to the people that send it to me, please don't send me these prayers anymore. I don't do these kind of prayers. Um, and I actually did say that point blank. I love you. Thank you for thinking of me, but I don't say these kind of prayers anymore. Um, and then I put up and I wrote and I said, what I no longer want. And I still listen out the things I don't want, no longer want. I said, I no longer want a bless me Christianity because I am already blessed. I no longer want an enemies of my father's house type prayer. I am seated with Christ in heavenly places far above them. I no longer want to break generational patterns and curses. Christ has already redeemed me and set me free. I no longer want to beg God for mercy. I have already received mercy through Christ Jesus. I no longer want to try to make heaven. I am already seated with Christ in heavenly places. I no longer want to try to get things from God. I have already been given everything I need to live a godly and abundant life. If you settle some things in your heart, your faith is secure. Before you even begin to go into the next stage, which is what the apostle is saying in, when he's saying, let's then go into virtue. He says, no, settle faith first. Settle your faith first. God is sovereign, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So there are things that are happening. There are messes happening in and around this realm that God has no hand in, even though he's sovereign. Because guess what? God does not change certain things. He has, basically he ceded the earth to man. Man then ceded that earth to the devil. So guess who's running the earth if you don't step outside of the running of that of, of, of the earth? The devil is running the earth. He's the one running things. So if you see anything negative, it's the devil that's the source. That's why the devil said to Jesus, when he came to tempt Jesus, he said to Jesus, guess what? I will give you everything. He wasn't lying when he said so. Let's look at it. Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. 
Again, I'm reading the ESV. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Remember that the reason the devil was kicked out of heaven was because he wanted to be the one that was worshipped. He wanted to take God's place where in heaven they worship God. He was like, well, I think I'm good enough. I think I can be God. And God was like, look, you and I are not mates. Angels deal with him, kick him out. He says in verse nine, he said to him that the devil said to Jesus, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone for it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Devil was not saying this. Devil didn't lie when he said, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. The kingdoms of the world belong to him. Why? Because in Genesis three, when God gave Adam God gave Adam the earth. Adam then basically traded his authority and handed it to the devil. If we see negativity in this realm, it is not God, it is the devil. And I'm saying it over and over because I hope that you will hear me with the ears of your spirit. And you will not disdain the simplicity of the gospel, which says that you are now free. But if you don't know that you are free, you will continue to live like you are bound. You have to function from a place of your faith, your faith being who is God, who is Jesus, what is the part of the Holy Spirit. Like those things need to be settled for you. You need to know the power that you have been given through Christ Jesus. And you now need to exercise that power, meaning that I, one of the declarations I make is that I am not subject to the elements of this world. They are subject to me because in Genesis one, when God created man, he then gave man authority, he said, be fruitful, multiply, inhabit the earth, subdue it, have dominion over it. How will I continue to be the one that is subject to the elements when God said, no, I should be the one to ride over the elements. Settle your faith and your life will change. And that means taking time to read the word over and over, read different versions. And you know, if I could give you a cheat code, read the New Testament multiple times. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the Old Testament, but the woman I have become, especially in the last two years, the woman I've become in the last two years is because I have read the New Testament easily at least six or seven times. And that does not include when he has said, read a particular book and go over it. Like I remember when he first started, he, he said to me, I need you to do a crash course in reading the New Testament. I was like, well, how are we going to read it that quickly? I have a baby and all of that. And he said, listen to the audio Bible. So I would listen to the audio Bible and I would put the audio Bible on, but I would play it from the version Bible app and I would leave the app open so I could be seeing the words even as the thing was being read out. I started like that. And then eventually I was reading it myself. And, you know, I would finish the New Testament and then he would say, start again. And I would literally start again. And then he would say, start again. And each time I would go over and over and over so that now I have literally been brainwashed by what is now mine in Christ Jesus, that you can't tell me anything else. I refuse to go back into bondage. When I pray prayers that talk about enemies and father's house and ancestral curses and demons and all of that, I'm going back into bondage. 
the enemy thrives on bondage. And if you think about it, where do, this, the source of these prayers, when we pray these prayers, we pray them from a place of fear. We don't pray them from a place of authority that I have authority over these things. I have authority over these elements. I have authority over these minions of the devil. We pray them from the perspective of, I don't want to die. Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want this to happen to me. No, they cannot happen to me. Because in Christ, I am free. In Christ, I sit far above principalities and powers, rulers of darkness. If you are still seeing them functioning in the earth, if you are still seeing them performing around you, it's because there is a truth that you still haven't grasped. Because the minute I caught onto the light of God's word and it penetrated my heart, the minute I got it, I can tell you everything changed for me. So please, if you take nothing else away from today's Bible study, take away this. Know God for yourself. Know Jesus and know what he has given you. Because when you know this, as the Bible says in John 8, 32, the truth that you know shall set you free. God bless you. God keep you. And we'll continue again next week.